Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala defends His Messenger. He says, ما كان ما not كان there is على النبي upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam من حرج any discomfort there is no discomfort upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فيما concerning that which فرض الله له Allah has imposed upon him فرض from the word فرض فرضاد and فرض is when something is obligatory and when it's followed by lam like over here فرض الله له then gives the meaning of lifting the ban, permitting something. So there is no discomfort, meaning there is no blame on the Prophet ﷺ for what Allah has made mandatory on him or for what Allah has allowed for him. He didn't do this out of his own wish. If he wanted to marry Zainab anha, he would have married her when? Before. Why would he have Zayd marry her? And then the divorce to happen, and then marry her after that. No, don't blame the Prophet ﷺ over here. He is only the abd of Allah, doing what Allah has ordered him. So if you have a problem with this, then you actually have a problem with Allah. مَا كَانَ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ مِنْ حَرَجٍ فِيمَا فَرَضَ اللَّهُ لَهُ So what Allah has ordered him to do, what Allah has permitted for him, what Allah has commanded him to do, then he should be able to do that freely. So this is reprimand for the Muslim ummah that don't criticize the Messenger ﷺ at all. He didn't do this out of his own accord. This was Allah's command. Sunnat Allah. This is the way of Allah. Fi concerning alladina those who khalaw the past min qablu before. Which people? The prophets. Meaning from the beginning, the prophets are to do what Allah orders them to do. Nuh alayhi salam was to do what Allah ordered him to do. Ibrahim alayhi salam was to do what Allah ordered him to do. Musa alayhi salam was to do what Allah ordered him to do. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam is to do what? Allah has ordered him to do. وَكَانَ أَمْرُ اللَّهِ And ever is the command of Allah. قَدَرًا A decree, a destiny. مَقْدُور One that is decreed. Meaning one that will be brought into effect. One that will be carried out, unavoidable, obligatory. So what's the message of this ayah? That when Allah gives a command, when He makes something an obligation, then no person, whether he is a prophet or anyone else, should feel any constraint, any discomfort in accepting that command. Because it is the command of who? Of Allah. So don't take it as a burden, because Allah is most knowing, most merciful. Alladina. Who are these people? The prophets. They are those who yuballighuna, they convey risalatillahi, the messages of Allah. The plural of the word, risala. What is risala? A message. They are those who conveyed the messages of Allah, وَيَخْشَوْنَهُ And they fear Him. And this is why they obey and they convey, even if the people don't like it. وَلَا يَخْشَوْنَ And they do not fear أَحَدًا anyone إِلَّا اللَّهِ except Allah. They don't fear people, they don't fear their criticism, they fear only Allah. وَكَفَى And sufficient بِاللَّهِ Definitely Allah حَسِيبًا As accountant. Meaning Allah will call His servants to account. And that is sufficient. So we are answerable before who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't need to justify, we don't need to Prove correct our religion to people. We are answerable to Allah. 
Allah will ask us what we did with the deen that He gave us. You know, when you read this ayah, it feels as if it's talking about today. But this ayah was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ at his time. And it's still applicable today. Because every now and then there will be people who will criticize parts of Islam. Whether it's the history of Islam or it is the laws which are in Islam. And at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, this was a huge change. This was something that really brought a storm. The hypocrites, they really got a chance to criticize the Prophet ﷺ. So over here, the prophets are praised that who are the prophets? They convey what Allah has told them to convey. They don't change the truth. They don't water it down. They don't alter it just to please people. They fear Allah. Assalamualaikum. I just wanted to ask another question. Um, how can we address when people ask us about the multiple wives of the Prophet Because they're aware of the four wives rule in Islam, yeah. and then they wonder how come he had so many. Good question. And there were once uh, there were wives. When you try to explain it by the fact that many of them were widows and they were in need of support, they yeah. mention others that were not. Yeah. So, so inshallah, the, there are verses that are coming up about the wives of the Prophet about his marriages in particular. Alright, so inshallah we will discuss the marriages over there in particular. But the point that you brought up over here about Zainab radiallahu anha, actually in one of the narrations what we learn is that the Prophet ﷺ, he did intend to marry Zainab radiallahu anha if Zayd radiallahu anhu divorced her. Alright, why? Two reasons. One, as people say, or as some narrations suggest that perhaps he liked her. Or secondly, this is also reported that out of silah, because she would now be someone who was related to him, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and divorced. So, out of sila, he intended to marry if if the divorce happened. But that is also in some of the narrations. Anyway, what does this ayah show to us? That we don't need to do what? Hmm? Justify our religion to others. Islam is the best because you know what polygamy is allowed. Because you know what there are so many benefits. You don't need to do that. Islam is the best because you know what? Women have to wear hijab because you know what? Hijab is the best. We don't need to do that. We believe that our religion as a whole is the best because it's the religion given by who? Allah the Exalted. It's the way of life taught by who? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he was someone who wanted best for us more than we could want good for ourselves. So, وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ hasiba. You know, anytime you're feeling afraid about defending your religion, and many times what happens is that in these situations we say, oh no, 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 there's no polygamy in Islam. You know, women don't have to wear hijab, right? We go on the other side. Just to please others, we want to change the deen, right? If we ever find ourselves in a situation like this, remember this ayah. Remember this ayah. وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ حَسِيبًا I have to answer Allah. You know, previously, the deen was changed. The Bani Israel, we learn about them. They changed the deen. Why? To please people. Isn't it? They literally changed the book of Allah. Erased parts of it. Added to it. Why? In order to please people. What became of the book? What happened to the book? It's no longer what it was. In fact, the original is not even known. Right? 
So we cannot change our religion just to please people. Because if we were to change it, then it would no longer remain our religion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَا كَانَ He is not. Who? Muhammadun. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Aba ahadin. The father of anyone. مِنْ رِجَالِكُمْ From among your men. It is further emphasized over here that Zayd is not the son of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not the father of any of your men. Rijal is a plural of rajul. Because the Prophet ﷺ did not have an adult son who was alive, right? Or who lived to be a rajul. Who is a rajul? A man. The Prophet ﷺ did have many sons. So for example, we learn about Qasim, Tayyib, Tahir, Ibrahim. But what happened? They all passed away in their childhood or infancy. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed him with grandsons, Hassan and Hussein, and they became rijal. Right? But they were grandsons. What this ayah is telling us is that the Prophet ﷺ did not have any sons who grew up to be Rijal. Walakin but Rasulullah, he is the messenger of Allah. Wahatamanabiyin and last of the Prophets. Khatam of Annabiyin. Khatam from the root letters khatamim and khatam means that which is akhir. That which is at the end, from khatm, khatamim. Have you heard of khatmul Qur'an? Right, that's the end, completion. Right? So, akhir, meaning the last of the prophets. Meaning there is no prophet or messenger that will come after him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It is also said that the word khatam is used for a seal. Okay? And what is a seal? Once the seal is put, then nothing's going in and nothing's coming out. Right? So, seal meaning no prophet is coming after him. وَخَاتَمَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ And Allah is ever. بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمًا He is of everything all-knowing. He is fully aware of everything. Meaning this was done deliberately. That the Prophet ﷺ did not have any sons who grew up to be rijal. They all died in their infancy or childhood. Because prophethood is not to be inherited. You understand? Prophethood is not to be inherited by the son of the prophet. Kingship maybe. Right? It happens. A person is a king. And when he dies, his son becomes a king. And then his son becomes a king. And so on and so forth. Right? That happens in the world. But when it comes to prophethood, it cannot be inherited. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he makes it clear over here that prophethood is not for inheritance. And in fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not even allow that to be a possibility that all the sons of the Prophet ﷺ, they died in the life of the Prophet ﷺ. In fact, even Zayd radiallahu anhu. You know, Zayd bin Haritha radiallahu anhu, he had such a high status that the Sahaba said that if Zayd was living at the time when the Prophet ﷺ passed away, definitely he would have been chosen as a Khalifa. Definitely. But Zayd radiallahu anhu died during the life of the Prophet ﷺ. So, what this ayah makes clear is that after Muhammad ﷺ, there is no Prophet, no Messenger that is coming. And the Qur'an is very, very clear on this. So we have to be careful. We should not get deceived by any person who claims to be a prophet, no matter what kind of justifications they come up with. 
The Prophet ﷺ said, the Banu Israel were ruled over by the Prophets. When one Prophet died, another succeeded him. But after me, there is no Prophet. And there will be Khalifa. And there will be many in number. So the Prophet ﷺ made clear that there is no Prophet after me. But despite this clear message in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah, have there been people who have claimed to be Prophets? Many. The Prophet ﷺ said, There will be among my people 30 great liars, each of them claiming that he is a prophet. Whereas I am the seal of the prophets, after whom there will be no prophet. And this is a hadith in Abu Dawud. So Quran and Sunnah are clear on this. What about Isa alayhi salam? Isn't he going to come back? Isn't he supposed to be a prophet of Allah? Then what? When he will return, he will be a follower of the Prophet ﷺ. He will be a follower of the Prophet ﷺ. He will not follow his own sharia. He will not teach a new law. No. He will be a follower of Muhammad ﷺ. Let's listen to the recitation of the following verses. You can stand up if you wish. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu dhkuru allaha dhikran kathira Wasabbihuhu bukratan wa asila Huwa aladhi yusalli alaykum wa malaikatuhu liyukhrijakum minal dhulumati ilan وَكَانَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَحِيمًا تَحِيَّتُهُمْ يَوْمَ يَلْقَوْنَهُ سَلَامٌ وَأَعَدَّ لَهُمْ أَجْرًا كَرِيمًا يَا أَيُّهَا النَّبِيُّ إِنَّا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ شَاهِدًا وَمُبَشِّرًا وَنَذِيرًا وَدَاعِيًا إِلَى اللَّهِ بِإِذْنِهِ وَسِرَاجًا مُنِيرًا وَبَشِّرِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَبَشِّرِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ بِأَنَّ لَهُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ فَضْلًا كَبِيرًا وَلَا تُطِعِ الْكَافِرِينَ وَالْمُنَافِقِينَ وَدَعْ أَذَاهُمْ وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ See, the word khatam is also used for an ornament. Okay? Like an ornament on a ring. And the meaning that it gives is finality combined with perfection. Okay? Meaning completion, but with that completion there is also perfection and beautification. So the Prophet ﷺ was not just a final messenger, he was also, he was also the best of all messengers. Right? You know, the hadith in which we learn about the example of the Prophet is like that of a wall and, you know, someone built a wall and a hole being there and people wondering, why isn't it complete? And the Prophet ﷺ said that the final brick that completes the wall, that is like who I am. Hmm? Meaning completion, and seal. Meaning now the wall is complete. The construction is complete. There is no more need for more bricks. Right? And the wall is now beautiful. It's complete. There's no gaps. Right? So this was the Prophet 
the seal of the prophets as well as perfection of prophethood so that there is no need for any prophet to come after him wa kana allahu bi kulli shay'in alima allah says ya ayyuhalladhina amanu o you who have believed udhkurullaha all of you remember allah how much dhikran remembrance that is kathira much a lot abundant the dhikr that you do should be full of dhikr what does it mean conscious remembrance frequent remembrance in various ways and in all situations udhkurullaha dhikran kathira abundantly remember allah and when you remember allah make that remembrance full of remembrance not that you're saying subhanallah subhanallah 32 times or 33 times and in that 33 times you only thought of subhanallah maybe 3 or 4 times you understand full complete conscious as well as frequent in various ways why does allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say over here over here udhkurullaha dhikran kathira oh believers remember allah with much remembrance when is it that we should especially remember allah when in order to thank him for what for a favor for a special blessing now in the ayat that we read up until here in these verses ayah number 36 to this verse in these verses who is being described the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam this entire passage over here is a passage in which the rank and the status of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is being praised the hardships that he went through in order to convey all right he didn't have a choice and then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala defends the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam right and then the fact that he is the seal of the prophets the last of the prophets the one who completed the mission of all of the prophets so this is all praise for muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam so for us as an ummah we have been blessed with the best messenger isn't that a blessing isn't that something for which we should thank allah so ya ayyuhalladhina amanu how should you thank allah udhkurullaha dhikran kathira remember allah with much much remembrance the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said keep your tongue moist with the remembrance of allah meaning don't let your mouth go dry because you haven't said anything in so long no say something and what is it that you should say the dhikr of allah and there's so many different ways of dhikr wa sabbihuhu and exalt him do his tasbih glorify allah mention his perfection at what time bukratan in morning wa asila and also in evening the word asil is used for the time that is between asr until darkness falls that's one of the interpretations so glorify him especially in the morning and in the evening meaning at the time of sunrise at the time of sunset before and after these are the periods when you should especially engage in the remembrance of allah so in the first ayah we're taught about dhikr general dhikr udhkurullaha dhikran kathira now we're taught about dhikr khas specific dhikr how what is the specific dhikr tasbih subhanallah subhanallah wa bihamdihi subhanallah alazim subhanallah alazim wa bihamdihi there's different ways of doing tasbih right 
and specific also with respect to time. The time has been specified, morning and evening. When we are informed of something in general terms, we ask, but specially when? Right? Because, you know, for example, if you're told, do this work, you're like, okay, I'll do it. And then a week goes by and you haven't done it. But if you're told, do it today, then will you make sure you do it? You end up doing it. So when it's specified, then it becomes easier for us. So, وَسَبِّحُوهُ بُكْرَةً وَأَصِيلًا Especially in morning and evening, do tasbih. In Surah Al-A'raf, Ayah 205, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ فِي نَفْسِكَ تَضَرُّعًا وَخِيفَةً دُونَ الْجَهْرِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ بِالْغُدُوِّ وَالْأَصَالِ وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ A whole description is given of when you should remember Allah and how in humility and in fear loudly and silently but la takum min al-ghafilin don't be of those who are heedless don't be of those who are heedless because if a person does not engage in the dhikr of Allah then he will end up in a state where he will be forgetful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is a time when shaitan takes advantage of us dhikr of Allah is like a shield it's like a protection against shaitan the Prophet ﷺ said, خَيْرُ الْعَمَلِ أَن تُفَارِقَ الدُّنْيَا وَلِسَانُكَ رَطْبٌ مِنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ The best deed is that you depart this world while your tongue is moist with the dhikr of Allah. But how can that happen? If we've made it a habit to remember Allah, right, at all times, then only at the time of death can we engage in the dhikr of Allah also. The Prophet ﷺ, he would often say, Subhanallahi wa bihamdihi, astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayhi. So make use of your time. The time when you're driving, the time when you're sitting, the time when you're cooking, the time when you're waiting. Engage in the dhikr of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ, at one occasion, he was leading salah and one of the people over there, he said, Allahu Akbar Kabira, meaning at the opening of Salah, before Surah Al-Fatiha, he said, Allahu Akbar Kabira, walhamdulillahi kathira, wa subhanallahi bukratan wa asila. He said this, and after Salah, the Prophet ﷺ asked, who said such and such words? And that person, he said, I did. And the Prophet ﷺ said, it amazed me, because the doors of heaven were open for it. So Ibn Umar anhu said, I have not abandoned these words since I heard the Prophet ﷺ saying that. What are the words? Allahu Akbar, kabira. Walhamdulillahi, kathira. Wasubhanallahi, bukratan wa asila. So this is also one tasbih that we can say after takbir. Right? So when we say Allahu Akbar to begin our prayer, Allahu Akbar, and we can say this. It's short, it's beautiful, and it's also very powerful. Why should you do dhikr? Allah says, Huwaladi, He is the one who, Allah is the one who, Yusalli alaykum, He sends salah on you. Yusalli, from the root letter sad, lam, wow, or ya. Salah, from the same root. What does salah mean? Prayer. Now the word salah, it means prayer, right? But it also means thana, praise. Okay? It also means thana, praise. And if you think about it, Salat that we perform, what is it that we're doing in Salat? Praising Allah or praying to Him? Isn't it? Either we're praising Him or we're asking Him for something. Take the example of Surah Al-Fatiha. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. This is Thana. Isn't it? So there's Thana until when? 
What is ihdina sirat al-mustaqim? It is dua. We're asking Allah. So there's thana and dua. And this is the meaning of salah. Thana as well as to pray for. Okay? So, هُوَ الَّذِي يُصَلِّ عَلَيْكُمْ Allah is the one who sends salah on you. Meaning, Allah mentions you, praises you. When you remember Allah, Allah also remembers you. You mention Him, He will also praise you. Why? In order to exalt you, bestow blessings upon you. وَمَلَائِكَتُهُ And His angels also do so. Angels salah, the salah of the angels, what does it mean by that? The angels praising the servant. Or the angels making dua to Allah, asking Allah to confer His blessings upon the servant. So Allah يُصَلِّ alaykum. What's the meaning of this? That Allah also mentions you, praises you, in order to exalt your status. And the second meaning of يُصَلِّ alaykum is that He sends blessings upon you. وَمَلَائِكَتُهُ His angels also, they mention you, they praise you when you remember Allah, when you engage in righteous action. And they also ask Allah to confer His blessings upon you. Why? لِيُخْرِجَكُمْ In order that He may take you out. مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ From darknesses إِلَى النُّورِ to light. وَكَانَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَحِيمًا And ever, ever is Allah with the believers merciful. His mercy is unending. It's limitless for those who believe. You praise Allah, Allah will praise you. And as a result, what will happen? Your status will be greater in the sight of Allah. And as it will be greater in the sight of Allah, you will be extracted from darkness. You'll be taken out of darkness and led towards light. Meaning more doors of righteousness will open for you. لِيُخْرِجَكُم مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُّورِ What does it mean? that more doors of righteousness will open for you. Because what is darkness? Ignorance. What is light? Knowledge. What is darkness? Misguidance. What is light? Guidance. So when you will do dhikr of Allah, look at the benefits. What are the benefits? You remember Allah in private? Allah will also mention you likewise. You remember Allah amongst others? Allah will also mention you before who? His angels. And if you are being mentioned by Allah, if you are being mentioned by the angels of Allah, then Allah will take you out of darkness. Whatever that darkness may be, He will guide you towards light. This is such a great honor. فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ You see, we are very greedy for praise. Honestly, as human beings, we are all very greedy for praise. Even if it's false praise, we'll take it. We don't mind. Anybody just praise us, just thank us. Even if we haven't done something good, still, we'll take it. And we feel so good when we find out that somebody was mentioning us. Somebody was praising us or talking positively about us. Or they respect us. Or they want good for us. We get so happy. We're so greedy for such kind of praise. Imagine... We remember Allah, then Allah will remember us. We engage in His dhikr, and He will. He will talk about you. He will send blessings on you. What more do you want in life then? Isn't this enough of an honor? You know, like people say that, either do something 
that is worth reading or write something that is worth reading something like that do something that is worth writing or write something that is worth reading all right i mean it's very good very good but again the focus is on who people that either they appreciate your effort so much that they write about it right or you do something so that people will appreciate the work that you've done the focus is on who people i'm not saying this is not a good philosophy in life it's good mashallah but our goal should be who allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the one who's mentioned by allah then he is the luckiest person huwa alladhi yusalli alaykum is there any other honor that we could seek that we could desire that we could want is there any other higher status that a person could achieve that allah mentions him tahiyyatuhum their greeting yawma on the day when yalqawnahu they meet him it shall be salam peace meaning the day they meet allah allah will greet them how with salam وَأَعَدَّلَهُمْ And He has prepared for them أَجْرًا كَرِيمًا A reward that is noble, honorable, generous reward. At the time of death, when a person, his soul is taken, if the person is righteous, then he is greeted at that time. By who? By the angels. He is given the greetings. And then later on in every stage of the hereafter, a person is greeted. if he has engaged in the dhikr of allah during his life in surah al-waqi'ah in 89 to 91 we learn if the person is amongst the righteous then at the time of death farahun wa rayhanun wa jannatu na'im wa amma in kana min ashab al-yamin fasalamun laka min ashab al-yamin then peace be on you o you from among the people of the right in surah yasin ayah 58 we learn salamun qawlan mir rabbir rahim peace a word from a merciful lord tahiyyatuhum yawma yalqawnahu salam because nobody has met allah right now the meeting is when after death but that meeting will only be good if we have spent time remembering allah worshiping allah right now think about it if you haven't met somebody in 5 years and in those 5 years 10 years you didn't even exchange a single text message how's that meaning after 10 years it's nice but then after a few minutes you've got I'm like okay nice nice to you know meeting you but there's no love there because it's like you've become disconnected with the person no matter how much you try to you know make up for whatever time that was spent away it's not the same and if you've kept in touch with somebody the friendship has continued when you meet them that meeting is more beneficial so salamun qawlan mir rabbir rahim this is for who those who have lived in the dhikr of allah and then the meeting with allah will also be beautiful may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst that we will listen to the recitation مَا كَانَ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ مِنْ حَرَجٍ فِيمَا فَرَضَ اللَّهُ لَهُ سُنَّةَ اللَّهِ فِي الَّذِينَ خَلَوْا مِنْ قَبْلُ وَكَانَ أَمْرُ اللَّهِ قَدَرًا مَقْدُورًا 